This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. You know, winning is fun, but I have found winning big puts us on the path to sustain long-term wins. And in this conversation, I have the best seat in the house to talk to leaders from all walks of life all over the world. And to me, that is important because in our journey, the starting point is different, the end points are different, and sometimes the paths that we choose are different. And because of that, these unique conversations are really fascinating. In that spirit today, it's my honor and pleasure to invite my VIP guest, Barry Moles. Barry, in simple five words, he gets small businesses unstuck. The moment I read that, I had to talk to this incredible human being. You know, as a small business expert, Barry gets owners growing again by unlocking their long forgotten potential. With decades of entrepreneurial experience in his own business ventures, as well as consulting countless other entrepreneurs, Barry has discovered the formula to get stuck business owners unstuck and marching forward. Barry applies simple strategic steps to facilitate change. His client list include Microsoft, Dell, Yahoo, AT&T, to name a few. Barry, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Arjun, thanks for having me. So Barry, I want to start absolutely at the very beginning. Looks like entrepreneurship is in your DNA. You have this incredible track record. Well, so I don't know incredible track record. I mean, I started my career at a college. I worked for IBM for 10 years. And then I read a book called Growing Your Business by Paul Hawken. And he really inspired me that I could start my own business and really create the culture that I really wanted. Because previously, I wanted to be president of IBM. Reading that book simultaneously coincided with me having a boss at IBM, a branch manager who used to have sales contests where first prize was lunch with him. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, what's second prize? Two lunches with you? Um, so I left there to go work a small company with one of my clients. And then when he fired me, I said, you know, I can do this. I'm going to start my own businesses. And then that started the entrepreneur roller coaster over the next 10 years. So to me, let me understand a little bit about this whole concept of getting unstuck. Sure. What is this whole concept of unstuck? And what do you see that business owners do not see? Like, what's that magic superpower that you have? At first, I think a lot of business owners don't realize that they're stuck. They start a business with a certain dream, either that was lifestyle or wealth or to make a difference. And they've gotten part of the way there. They've had enough success that they can support themselves and keep going, but they haven't filled their dreams. And so they're usually stuck around a few major areas. The first is sales and marketing. The second is leadership and management. And the third one usually is money. Uh, They just don't know how to manage and monitor the money going on in their business. So what's the symptom? You know, to me, in my business, what do I would see as some symptoms that should tell me, Arjun, you are getting close to getting stuck? Well, I think, first of all, if your business isn't growing or you're losing key customers. The second thing is if you're not able to retain your key staff. And the third is if you're running out of cash, if you don't have enough cash to run your business or take out of your business, support your lifestyle. And the fourth one I forgot to mention is productivity. That's where 
a lot of folks are stuck is if you feel every single day, Arjun, you just can't get anything done. Hmm. I could relate to it. Like I love that. So what would be one of few of the first few steps that you take to get unstuck? Well, where people are stuck mostly around the first two things, sales and marketing and leadership and management. So we talk about first that marketing and sales, Arjun, is not a sometimes thing. It's an all the time thing. Typically, small business owners only do sales and marketing when they have no business. But as soon as they get business as a result of that sales and marketing, they stop doing the sales and marketing. And so they get stuck where their business is flat. So I work with them to set up an ongoing sales and marketing plan that's always running to keep your pipeline full. The second thing is I work with small business owners to really leverage the staff they have. Too many times, small business owners run their companies like hub and spoke. They're in the middle and everybody works for them, around them, and they become the bottleneck that they don't give real responsibility, real decision-making power, other people in the organization. And what I always say is that if you go on vacation and you can't make any money in your business, it means you have a job, not really a business. If you don't find leverage in your business through other employees doing your work and making money for you, you really don't have a company. So you started three companies. And what did that experience teach you that really is so valuable in this journey forward? Yeah, one of the things I learned was in my second business, I found my two partners in the classified section of the Chicago Tribune. Now, it might be good to find a boat online or a summer house or a car, but you shouldn't find your, your business partners in the classified section. I realized, Arjun, that business is basically about people. It's not really about the idea. It's about the execution of the idea, and therefore, it's about people. In my third business that we were successful selling in 1999, I got into business with a guy who was married to, uh, to a friend of mine from college. I really didn't like the industry, the area, but I really grooved with this guy and were able to make it successful because I enjoyed being in business with him and could find challenges in our partnership. And I love that crispness with which you bring people in front, because to me, working in branding, what I also realized that branding is also created by us. Like it's the actions that we take every day in our business, mm -hmm. but it's all about the people because to me, it's the people which create brands, create businesses. You know, to me, you also have written a book, like this is like very impressive. And you talk simply emphasize the whole concept of resilience. Right. What is resiliency? Why is yeah. it so important? I've written six books. The second book was called Bounce. And it was about how to come back from failure. And this was written during the recession of, of uh, 2008. And I found that what people do is people talk a lot about failure and about how important failure is and how much we learn from failure. And I have a different approach to failure. I believe that failure will happen to all of us. Mm -hmm. And we fail, we should learn whatever we can. Sometimes we can't learn anything right now but we learn what we can, cheer the darkness, you know, just wallow in it, whatever you gotta do for 24 hours, but then you have to let it go, take another action to give yourself another chance of success. That's really what bouncing is all about, is taking action. Don't get stuck in your last success, don't get stuck in your last failure, keep taking actions. And remember, you know, the overnight success takes seven to 10 years. Most people recreate their story where they started business and immediately was successful. Let me tell you, any entrepreneur you look at, they've had a lot of ups and downs and success is iterative, patient steps. 
it's making a little progress each time you go do something. I love the way you're defining that failure is never absolute unless you make it absolute. I was talking to one of the top golfers one time and I asked him, how do you look at failure? He just looked at me and says, what is failure? Right. Because he told me that at the end of every round in a tournament, the first question he asks himself, even on the worst so-called days, what did I grade today? And he says, the day I will stop answering that question to myself, I'll stop playing golf. And that was that's what I like is even on the darkest day, there is something that we did great and there's something to build on. And I love what you're talking about is building on what you have, learning from it. And sometimes I even love that concept is sometimes the wisdom or the lesson may not come overnight. Right. It takes time for it to brew and you will appreciate. But it's all about not giving up and building. It's simply yeah, brilliant. Again, and, and sometimes I believe there's something, sometimes nothing to learn. It just happens, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what's what's really important is, is that one day just may be a shit show, right? It may just be a mess. But the good news is tomorrow you get another chance and you can start over again and try something else. Mm -hmm. But if you keep holding on to, and if you feel bad about what happened yesterday, you know, a lot of things in sports, right? A guy strikes out three times in a row. He can't be thinking about that. He's got to think about this at bat and can't let whatever's happened in the past influence him right now. Mm -hmm. To me, I also like when you're talking about baseball is the probability of me getting struck out right now, this time, is independent of what happened last time, unless right. I bring it in my mind. And this would be like, you're taking me back to how I started my consulting, you know, leaving the corporate world, went on this incredible New York trip. Okay, I just booked four appointments and I came back 0 for four. Three people didn't even show up. And the fourth person's office I went to, the assistant told me he's busy. I waited for six hours before my flight. I just came back. But when I came back, I just realized at least I know six people, uh, four people. At least I made the trip. And I know that next time it would not be, it was like a bad day of missing out on all four. But to me, it took a little amount of work and pep talk to build and, you know, going through this. So you have this incredible... Arjun, it's a good story. But can remember, if you hadn't got on the airplane and made those trips, you had no chance of getting the business. Yes. Right? Yes. So next time, maybe one or two people will show up. I had the same thing when I left IBM. And I didn't realize why people returned my phone calls was because I had a brand behind me. When I didn't mm -hmm. have a brand behind me, it was like, whoa, no one's returning my phone calls now. So you got to start by making the trip. You got to start by that. showing up. And that was the big thing I also learned was before when I was heading marketing operations at Papa John's, I was the person who was, you know, had a brand or a logo behind me. And that's the reason people were taking the phone calls. But the second thing that happened in that journey and the process, it also helped me respect others because I realized what it feels like when somebody makes a commitment and cannot, you know, it was again, sheer bad luck. And these are amazing human beings. They apologize later. I also realized that, hey, I will always try my best to show up because I didn't want others to feel. And I really am glad that happened because it helped me respect people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. And also what I've also learned is that if these people are interested, you have to let that go because to find other people that are interested. One of the problems, Arjun, that we face a lot, I believe in sales is we have a good sales call. The client says they're really interested in doing business with us. 
And then you never hear from them again because they change their mind. They want to say no. And we keep chasing the same prospect over and over again instead of realizing they're not going to do business with us. Let's let that go and let's find someone else who will do business with us. Totally. And, you know, in my book, Customer Karma, I try to connect everything to dating. So visualize if you and I grew up together, okay? we are best friends, and one of us had this amazing date. But think the rule is at the end of the date, you and I, we get one phone call to that person. After that phone call, if she chooses not to respond, we can wait for a moment, you know, some, for some time, but we have to move on. If I start calling the person over and over, at some point, it would be harassment, then stalking, and then you would have to bail your friend out from jail. <laughs> and, but that's the same thing is like, it's so parallel to dating is, you're totally right, is you cannot be obsessed on the first because clients have every right to change their mind. But let's, let's figure out, a lot of people don't like to say no because they're cowardly or embarrassed. So I use something called the ABC method. So I'll send, if I don't hear from someone for a while where I just want to close it off, I'll put in the title of the email, just respond A, B, or C. And the, and the email is A, you're no longer interested. B, I'm still interested, call me in a month. C, let's get started right now. And I have to tell you, about 95% of the people reply who never replied before just with a simple letter because I've given them an easy way out, a way to let go or let me down easy. I love that. And also this way you are helping, you know, it's like you are the evolved one. You are helping both of us come to a closure. And if I was on the other side with so many goofy sales emails that I get, I really wish people gave me that option because that way I would be ready to respond to every email every time and tell A or B if it's not C, so I love that. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about the, you know, that the one book you talked about, you know, so as you have evolved in life from early childhood, like what has been some inspirations in your life that makes you see totally differently than anyone else that I have talked to thus far? Well, I mean, I was brought up by my mother that, you know, every year I'd make more money, every year I'd get more responsibility and that my life would be just, you know, going up and to the right. Right. Every year would just get better. And when I, you know, got fired, when I went out of business, when my partner sued me, I realized that it wasn't going to be going up and it wasn't going to be just going up. That really the entrepreneurial ride, like the ride of life, is a roller coaster. There's a lot of really ups and downs. And you're really defined by how do you respond when things are not going well and what kind of resiliency can you show by really letting go? I work with small business owners because whatever they've been through before, Arjun, I've been there. Have you had your office doors locked because you haven't paid payroll taxes? Yes, I've been there. Have you been sued by one of your former employees for improperly firing them? Yes, I've been there. Have you lost your largest customer? Yes, I've been there. So whatever you're going through, I've been there and there are ways to survive and get to the next place so you can get another chance of success. And to me, I think that makes it very unique because if you were the Olympic swimming coach, you have been in every situation. You're not that person who gives these instructions from outside the water who has never most probably felt how cold the water is. Like to me, I think being in the trenches, I really love your examples because that makes it very unique. So what's the first thing you do, you know, in life, there's success and failures. What's the first thing you do when it looks like you didn't get the success that you did, you know wanted or you were seeking? What's your reaction? Well, I think you have to figure out what's really going on in your business, what's holding you back. 
I mean, perhaps you've lost interest, right? You've lost your you know, mojo. Maybe you're no longer interested in running this business anymore, or there's a weakness in your business like sales and marketing, leadership, management, money, whatever it is that you're not willing to address. We have to really figure out what is the major factor that's really holding you up. Mm-hmm. And what I try to work with people on is, you know, pick a couple of goals you have the next three months. And then what are the critical success factors you need to accomplish in order to meet those two goals? Because again, productivity is a huge issue. I mean, we always blame it on time, but it's not a time issue. It's a focus issue. We're welcoming the distractions. We just don't have the ability to focus on getting what needs to get done to meet your long-term goal. That's a big problem for us. You know, you speak so directly. So what should somebody listening do when they listening to you feel, maybe I lost my mojo, maybe my interest has gone down. What would that person do at that time? Well, I think that you should talk to somebody about it, whether it's someone in your company, your spouse, a partner, a mentor, an outside advisor, and try to talk it through with them. And again, some of the questions you're asking yourself is, do you have the same love for the business as you had last year or five years ago? And if you don't, what happened? And can you get it back? And if you can't get it back, what happens next? You know, are you willing to, you know, the book that I'm coming out with in the fall is called Change Masters, how to make the changes you know you need to make. There's a lot of people know that they have to make some certain changes in their business, but they never make those changes. That's because biology keeps you in the same place because the fear of the unknown is worse than, you know, as they say, the devil you know today. So that's what you got to try to figure out with somebody else through some kind of you know, starter conversation. And if you want to make the changes, you have to work on making those incremental, incremental changes one small step at a time. Love that. So, you know, there's a quote, as I was researching a little bit about you, there's the quote that I found, which I really fascinated, was fascinated, is love everyone, trust a few, and paddle your own canoe. Help me understand a little bit on the inspiration behind it. You know, what connected you to this amazing line? Yeah, I mean, I've also added to that, love everyone, trust a few, paddle your own canoe, wash your hands twice, and wear your mask. So that's what I've added to it during the pandemic. You know, I love this quote because I think that if you go into the business world with an open heart, love everyone. I really believe that there's enough for all of us. I don't look at the world in terms of scarcity. I look into the world as abundance, that your business, no matter what your business is, there's plenty of market share for you. Trust the few. I think you people have to earn your trust, just like people have to earn credit financial credit inside your company, you should not give your trust too easily. And then finally, ultimately, paddle your own canoe. It's really up to you to drive your career and where you want to go. You just can't leave that to other people and leave that to fate. Absolutely. Because to me, I think that's the difference, especially on love and respect versus trust. I love the way you brought that in front because love and respect starts at 100% for everyone. And then, of course, if I'm not worthy to have the respect, I lose it. But trust on the other side, people start nearly at zero and they have to earn as you start going through. And love that example that just like I would not give all my bank and financial information to anyone, you know, maybe my wife and a business partner. The same way trust is built over time. So, you know, any other favorite quotes of yours that drive you and inspire you? Yeah, one of the quotes that I really love is Robert Louis Stevenson. He says, the only way out is through. 
And I believe that in business, that's really important. There's a lot of very difficult things that we're going to have to face. Mm -hmm. And the way to get through them is to face them and go to the other side, not to avoid them. I mean, I've done a lot of karate over the last 20 years. And one thing it's really taught me is it's okay to be afraid and go do it anyways. There's a famous quote that goes, whenever people you know, get nervous about speaking in front of other people, Dale Carnegie said, you know, I'm never gonna make those butterflies in your stomach go away. I'm just gonna teach them to fly in formation. And I think that's really a lot about what fear is about. It is okay to be afraid. There's so much in our, in our world that says, you know, you can't have any fear, you gotta get over your fear. What I do is I'm afraid and I do it anyways. <laughs> and I think that's a lot better for someone rather than saying, I'm not gonna be afraid. I love that. The only way out is through. I love that. Absolutely. So, you know, in the three organizations that you started and you built and you work with clients, you know, what's your leadership style? How do you influence others to be aligned and work with you? What's your unique style? Yeah, I think that managing people is the most difficult part of any kind of business, again, because business is about people. What I tried to do was get agreement on where we were going and the mission of the company and the crew success factors. Mm -hmm. Then I wanted the managers to figure out how they're gonna actually execute on that vision and take ownership for that. I think what's really important is to set a certain uh, amount of criteria and hold people to it for better or for worse, but at the same time, don't micromanage them or micromanage their people. So as you have taken this whole concept of managing people, how do you define a big win? How do you define a big success? Well, it depends on whatever you know goal you had. So for example, a big win could be if we have a lot of customer turnover that we didn't lose any customers this week, right? That could be a really big win. It's whatever we decide it to be. And I think what's really important is too many times we get stuck on the places where we lose. Mm -hmm. One of the things we need to do is we need to pause and celebrate the big wins we have is still just going on to something else. And I think it's important to celebrate as a group. You know, there's a famous quote that goes, you know, we always catch people doing something wrong. We need to catch people doing something right. You know, that was by Mr. Blanchard who wrote The One Minute Manager. So we always catch people doing something wrong, but let's catch them doing something right. We have to celebrate with them. But we have to celebrate, you know, real achievements, not just something silly. Mm -hmm. So how do you celebrate real achievements? Is there a trick to that? Is an example that you would love to share? Well, I mean, I think it goes back to every company has its own culture. How does that culture really celebrate, right? If I have a very young population, maybe I'm celebrating by everyone out and going bowling. You know, if my staff is made up of everyone over 70s, maybe going out and bowling isn't the best way to do it. Maybe we all want to get together and play cards, right? So it really all depends. Or if you have a culture where, you know, people are used to working alone or remotely, maybe you celebrate by giving everyone a $100 gift card to go out by themselves. So it varies from, from organization to organization. You have to figure out what people value. It's not a one size fits all. I love that. The uniqueness of the situation tailoring to that, that's incredible. And when you talked about, you know, that quote about catch people in the one thing they're doing good, I go back in my corporate world and I was running marketing from there when I was getting into operations. Day one, I was asking one of the managers in St. Louis, hey, you know, 
how good is our marketing and everything else. You know, of course, he taught me quite a few things. But at the end, I just asked him, you know, this is my first day running operations. What would be an advice you would give me? And this wise man, his name is Creed Branson. He told me, Arjun, don't ever be a seagull. I'm like, what's a seagull? He's a seagull, come flies in, eats free food, poops all over and leaves and makes us feel crappy. And, you know, to me, that was, I realized that I was guilty of doing exactly that, being in the corporate. We come in and say, hey, wrong, wrong, wrong. Come on, man, let's do it. Like, instead, if I rolled up my sleeves, worked with them, understood what was holding them back, could be training, could be a motivational issues, could be something. And before that, took a smiley picture. You know, those days we didn't have selfies. We had to take a picture, you know, and left. And then I followed up that would have made them feel good instead of the seagull. The seagull thing always stayed and your example really connected. So Barry, you have given a lot of incredible quotes, a lot of inspirations. Is there a person who has inspired you? You talked about your mom being an amazing influence. Is the person who has really influenced you in this journey and what's the big influence? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the people that I've partnered with along the way. I've met a lot of people who have been so great to me, so generous with their times. You know, I've, I've had two mentors, one a guy named Rick, another woman named Reva, and they were always there for me since they were outside my company to really be a sounding board. And if you talk to a lot of small business owners, one of the keys they will tell you in their success is finding a mentor, either paid or unpaid, that they can talk to. Because Arjun, you know it is lonely at the top. And it's very difficult not having a sounding board and very few times can use the people inside your company. So these people who allowed me to talk with them and gave me their honest, unfiltered advice, I'm really forever grateful to them. I'm also grateful to all the employees that I had who showed up every day and gave it their best. And we shouldn't take that for granted. So with these two incredible mentors who you talked about, there have been other amazing human beings in your life, in the business side. How did you figure out that these were the two right mentors for Barry? I think that over time, that when you think about who can I talk to, who can I ask advice from, their names keep coming up in your mind. And you trust them. Mm -hmm. And you feel comfortable with them. And you don't have to be guarded. You don't feel embarrassed. If you got to think about who comes up in your mind when you think of those questions. So with all this wisdom, Barry, if you could go back in time and meet that Barry just graduating from high school, amazing energy and passion, what would be one advice you would give to that young man? I keep saying that business is really all about people. Forget about if you got a good business idea, right? Forget about if it's the right timing of the market. It's who you're in business with. That's really what matters. And make sure that you can be in business with people that you can learn from. Because if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's what I tell them. That's freaking brilliant, my friend. If you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. I love that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about process. Because I just find that success that doesn't have a plan or a process cannot be repeated. Is there a process or a structure that you have, like the first thing you do when you're starting your work day or the last thing that you do when you're wrapping up that you're comfortable sharing that makes it very unique and successful for you? Well, let's start with the last thing. The last thing every single day, I think about what are the two things tomorrow that I need to accomplish that will make my day successful? 
And then in the morning or the first scheduled work, work time, I work on those two things and complete them because I know if I complete them, my day will be successful no matter what else comes up during the day, when, no matter whether interruptions. I think too many times, obviously, people have a plan for the day and they just let themselves get interrupted, 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 and then they wonder what they achieve. If you know what you want to achieve today, then that's really important and do those things first. Focus on those things first. And I love the circular motion that you're finishing your day with the two things and you're starting with the process. This is a fascinating conversation. You know, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want our listeners to know about you, your company that we have not talked about? Yeah, I think that a lot of small business owners don't understand how to read their financial statements. Because remember, we're not taught in school how to do that. You know, I have an MBA from Northwestern University, a minor in finance. This is not something that will be on the poster for Northwestern University. But I lost over a million dollars off the purchase price of my third company because I really didn't understand what the, the balance sheet said. It's okay. You can't read the balance sheet. If your accountant or your bookkeeper won't explain to you, make sure you get someone to explain to you because there's all sorts of material there that will tell you and inform you on decisions that you need to make in the future. Again, it's not just about making sales. It's not just about making money. Every company goes out of, out of business for the same reason. They're running a cash flow. That's the most important thing. So if you don't understand it, you're not alone. Most small business owners don't, but get some help. Hey, this is fascinating. And seeing your journey, I'm really sure that our paths will cross. I hope so. This is the, absolutely. And this is my final question is, let's say I meet Barry, the year is 2030. Where would the brand Barry be? The in brand that Barry will have been retired. Barry will be cycling across the United States and you'll see him on the road or hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's where really where you'll see me. But hopefully of the books that I've written, people will still be able to read those books and get from the journey I have had and add to the resources that are out there for small business owners. But I hope in 2030, I'll be mostly spending most of my time on my road bike, my mountain bike, or my gravel bike. I love that. And I wish you a happy journey to that journey. Thank you. Barry, this was a fascinating conversation. And you know, to me, you give from your heart. The thing that really hit home is the common thread during, during the whole discussion was the balance of wisdom at the same time gratitude. Because you know, to me, at the end, if I go back and look at the transcript, it would be fascinating to look at how humble you are and how many times, how many individuals you did a shout out for. And I really think that is very important because a lot of us talk about people, but how you treat people, how you should respect, I really think it's all about not just talking, it's walking the talk. And I truly appreciate you sharing that authentically with me. Thank you for the conversation. You're welcome, Arjun. Small business will teach you humility if you're willing to listen. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Another fascinating conversation. And again, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I have the best seat in the house talking to these incredible leaders from all walks of life. You know, Barry Moles, thank you again. And thank you all for listening and looking forward to bringing you another conversation with another fascinating leader very soon. Thank you, Barry. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango. 
top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.